Dear friends in Christ who have been planted by the word. Text for our meditation is our gospel lesson as we previously heard. This summer, I've been getting to watch the nature part of Jesus' parable of the sower playing out right before my eyes in my own backyard in my wife's garden. See, late in the spring, she planted the seeds and she quickly declared war with the birds. And we must have have a rather vicious breed of sparrows and robins that not only seem to snatch away the seeds like Jesus talks about, but also the whole plant themselves. They just fly right off with it. So she replanted the seeds and then she put up nets and fences to try and protect her little garden. And then came that May, June, July drought that threatened to like kill everything unless she was incessantly watering it. And we went on vacation and we kind of left it unattended. And so the thorns and the thistles and the weeds threatened to move in and take over. Not to mention those pesky birds that were still making their way through a double layered net. Pretty soon you're gonna find my wife and little Josie stationed out there with pitchforks night and day guarding that garden because there's a lot of danger for such a little ecosystem. And we'll have to see what the harvest holds. But isn't it amazing that a story like Jesus tells the parable of the sower is something that all these years later, we can still watch it play out simply before us in nature and we can still get what he means. We can still get the point. And now the point isn't for us to just sit around talking about planting and gardening for 20 minutes, so I'll have to get on with it. But Jesus talks about getting to the point at the end of the parable when he says, whoever has ears, let them hear. The point is for us to ponder deeply the different reactions that can occur when the sower sows the seed of his word. And so today, we're gonna do that in reaction to our theme. We're gonna look at the different possibilities and realities that might happen as the sower sows the seed of his word. On to our first possibility. I once sat in the living room of a man who had been brought to hear the word of God as a boy. But as he told me stories from 50 years ago about that pastor and that church, he had anger so fresh, it was like I had just done a donut in his front lawn and knocked over his mailbox on the way up his driveway and then I sat in his living room. He was angry at everything the church had ever done. He was angry at everything God had ever done and his anger was hot and fresh and his heart was cold and he didn't wanna hear anything more about God from the likes of me. Now on the last day, that man will have a judge who is far more righteous than I, but from every outward appearance, it seemed that this was sad reality number one that was playing out before my eyes. It seemed that this was seed 
that had fallen on the path, seed that had fallen on a hard heart, it had fallen on deaf ears that maybe heard what the word said, but did not receive it, did not believe it, did not cherish it or take it to heart. And so the seed sat there while the devil and his demonic birds came and snatched that seed away. And it's a sad reality, but it's reality nonetheless. And it's one that Jesus is telling us that he, the sower, and that we, the sowers of his word, are going to have to cope with. And that's the reality of unresponsiveness, of rejection, of of unbelief. Now, all week long during Vacation Bible School this week, we were kind of under the theme Christmas in July. So it's got me thinking about all kinds of Christmas thoughts. This has got me thinking about the Christmas Day gospel from John chapter 1 that says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world, but the world did not recognize him. His own did not receive him. Some will reject the word of God outright, and with it, they will reject the God who spoke those words, and they will reject the Son of God who lived and died to accomplish those words, and they will reject the Spirit of God who accompanies those words. Even God with all of his power and might, even God with all of his love and grace can be rejected. He doesn't break into our hearts like a robber and force his will at gunpoint. No, nobody comes into the kingdom of God kicking and screaming. Instead, the sower sows the seed of the word. He makes his invitation through the promises of the gospel. That's how he makes his entry. And as he sows the word the world will have to come to terms with the fact that because of the sad, sin-darkened reality that we live in, the purpose that the word accomplishes will not always result in faith being created. That brings us to sad reality number two. This is one that breaks my heart every time it seems to play out before my eyes. This is the reality of someone who is introduced to Jesus for the first time through the sowing of the word and they hear the message and they receive it with joy and they spring to spiritual life through the working of that word. But then just as quickly, they start to wither and die. The sun comes up and the heat scorches the plant and they wither away to death just as quickly as they came. Jesus talks about the possible reasons for this reality of why this might happen. He says, when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Now, maybe the person didn't realize that just because Jesus is the savior of our soul, doesn't mean that life will automatically get easier in this world. In fact, Jesus told us to expect the opposite, that life underneath the cross would probably be harder. 
But we're back at sad reality number two, a short spiritual life cycle withering away to death because the soil was rocky and shallow. Now, the difference between reality number two and number three probably isn't all that much different because the result is basically the same. Probably the thing that distinguishes it is the length, the time that it takes for it to occur. In reality, number three, the person has heard the word of God. Maybe over a long period of time, maybe they grew up with the word. Maybe it was mom's Bible songs and it was dad's bedtime stories and it was church every Sunday and it was Christian day school and it was catechism class. And maybe that person even got to the point of making promises to be faithful to that word all the days of their life. And then something happens. They fall in with the wrong bunch and their life takes a different turn down the wrong path and they go chasing after all that this world has to offer. They go chasing after a lifestyle that they can't afford and they end up trapped trying to remain in it, trying to keep up with it. Jesus talks about the seed that falls among the thorns. It refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke out the word, making it unfruitful. Now in this reality, nobody ever planned or intended for themselves to get choked out by the thorns, but it happened along the way. You see, the gradual slope to death is the easiest one to fall down without realizing that it happened. It happens from bad priorities and bad influences and unrepented sin that wears away at the spiritual life. And realize who this reality is the biggest danger to. It's people that have been around the block a while. It's people that were established plants that grew up and then had the thorns come into their life. They weren't careful about weeding out the sin and the thorns that were threatening their spiritual life. Now maybe this reality has happened to someone that you know that you wish to God was sitting here with you today that isn't. Or maybe this is a reality that has been festering right underneath your nose in your own heart. And this part of the parable is a wake-up call for all of us to watch out lest we fall. This is a reality check for all who would leave their spiritual welfare on the back burner. Watch out before the weeds and the thorns and the thistles come and choke out life. Now, I'll admit, it's not fun nor really uplifting to realize that three out of the four realities that Jesus is talking about all end in the seed dying, all end in spiritual death. And it's maybe even harder for us to come to terms with the fact that it doesn't just happen in our ministry of the word to other people. It was even happening to Jesus as he was sowing the seed of the word. 
And he's the perfect son of God. He's the preacher of good news. He's the one who came to free the captives. Still, it was happening to him. And it breaks his heart even more than ours because he takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but he wants them to turn and live. That's why we heard him calling, beckoning to everybody in our lesson from Isaiah. Come back so that I can freely pardon you. So we see the sower out there, sowing the seed of the word in all these different places. He doesn't just save it for what he thinks, oh, that's the good soil, I'll just put it there. No, we see the sower sowing abundantly, freely, graciously, almost recklessly in all these different places. He sows the seed of this word into rocky soil and into places where the weeds grow. He wants to have a harvest of righteousness so that everybody would come to the knowledge of the truth and live. See, in this gracious sower, the grace of our God, who broadcasts his word freely and widely so that we might all come into his kingdom to have life with him. Now, finally, that brings us to our final reality, the fourth one, that's the good one. The seed that's sown in good soil. The sower sows that seed and the spirit of God goes to work nurturing and watering that seed so that we see with our eyes and we hear with our ears everything that the word has declared is done for us. As we heard it in our absolution today that God made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. And he grants to us the water of life in baptism and a washing for the forgiveness of sins that brings us new life, life with Jesus. Since again, we've been celebrating Christmas in July, it brings to mind one of my wife's favorite hymn verses from the hymn where shepherds lately knelt. There the hymn writer brilliantly talks about the way that this grace comes into our life. He asked the question, can I, will I forget how love was born and burned its way into my heart, unasked, unforced, unearned, to die to live and not alone for me, to die to live and not alone for me. Jesus did it without my asking or my earning. He did it freely by his grace. And the seed that falls on good soil is the heart that by the grace of God understands the message and grasps the truth at the center of it all, the message of the cross. That's the message that our VBS children have been singing about all week, twice a day. They've been singing kind of a new song. It's one that I had never really heard before, but it's one that nearly brought me to tears the first time I heard it. And so I share it with you. It's called About the Cross. And it's about the cross. It's about my sin. It's about how Jesus came to be born once so that we could be born again. It's about God's son nailed to a tree. It's about every drop of blood that flowed from him when it should have been me. It's about the stone 
that was rolled away so that you and I could have real life someday. It's about the cross. And the one who understands this truth about the cross is the one who is growing in Christ. And this is the faith that God preserves in us through the hearing of his word as we come to be nurtured day after day by that word. It's not about our perseverance or our willpower because we've seen just how often that has failed and broken It's about the promises of our God who beckons us to hear his word and receive it and through that powerful word promises to keep us alive. It's about us coming to be nurtured by the power of God, which is the salvation, by the gospel, which is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. This is what preserves us in the faith until the day of his coming. And this is the soil that produces a crop, yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. It's a wonderful truth of nature and also of our spiritual life that the harvest that's produced, the fruit that's reaped from the plants that were sown are the very thing that hold the seeds for the next round of planting. And so, dear Christian, God has brought you to faith. He has ripened that faith. He has had a harvest from you, and now he has made you a sower of his word to graciously sow that seed in the fields where you live and work so that he might have a new harvest of life through your work in his name. He has made you a coworker in his service to plant seeds in the field. Praise be to God that he has planted this word in our heart, that he has given us this word to sow in the world that we live. And now we pray, Lord, keep us steadfast in the hearing of your word and in the sowing of your word until you return. Amen. Please stand.